All right, well, we're in Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. If you would stand as we read from our text, the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody got back there messing with knobs um, and we didn't know it. Romans 13, verse number 11 will be our, our um, verse this morning, but, but let's, let's begin reading with verse number 9. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. I don't want us, as we go into verse number 11, to forget that that's where we've been looking at those things, because it's not that that does not have any bearing upon verse number 11. It does. Verse 11 says, And that, knowing the time... Um, I thought that's what you were <laughs> making reference to whenever you, you look back at the speaker. I thought you were looking back at the clock. <laughs> um, knowing the time. Who knows the time? What time is it? You already said it this morning. Hmm? What time is it? That's the last time. That's what you said earlier. It's the last time. Who... Who knows what time it is but God's people? The world doesn't know what time it is. The world doesn't have a clue what time it is. We know what time it is, knowing the time. What time is it? It's the last time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now, right now. Now is our salvation nearer than we believed. Donnie and I were talking about this during the week. Now is our salvation nearer then we would believe one more day closer, right? One more day, every one of us. Now, we may actually leave this earth at different times, but every one of us are one more day closer to our departure, one more day closer to our Lord's embrace, one more day closer you know, to being in heaven with him forever. Um, and that's a marvelous thought. It ought to be a dreadful thought to some people. Um, you know, I, was, I read a, a statement by J.C. Ryle this week. I think I'll throw it in. Um, right here if I kept it let me see yes he says the saddest road to hell is the one that runs under the pulpit past the Bible and through the middle of warnings and invitations that's he says the saddest road to hell so what time is it it's the last time it's the last days Um, like brother JT said since the Lord's come it's been that um, how much nearer is it now than it was then? Um, you know, the disciples thought the Lord would come back in their day. And every generation since has thought the Lord would return in their day, including our own. Um, it's the last time. It's high time, um, we're told here by Paul, that we awake. High time that we awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Let's keep reading. Verse number 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. That's what Sister Betty was telling us last week about putting on that armor, right? Put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. If we walk in the Spirit, somebody want to finish that? It has to do with what we just read. Will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we walk in the Spirit. So um, you see the admonition, you see the stirring that, um, that, that Paul's seeking to, to accomplish here in us that, that we would awake. It's high time that we awake. Our salvation's nearer than when we first believed. Uh, we need to, you know, put off, uh, cast off the, the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, walk honestly, 
that we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Uh, so what, what's going to lull us into a state of this sleepiness that we need to awake out of but fulfilling the lust of the flesh? When we're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, we're not praying as we ought. We're not reading the Scripture as we ought. We're not doing the things that we know that we ought to do. We get lulled into this state uh, of, of sleepiness because here we are going after the things of this world instead of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So that's the, the, the gist of what we have you know, here being said unto us, though we're not really going to make it past verse number 11 this morning. But before we go into the message, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Brother JT, would you pray for us? Yes. 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 Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so we looked last week at the great need that we have to watch and to pray that we not enter into temptation. And I think that that has certainly great bearing upon where we are this morning when we start talking about things like awaking from sleep and it being high time, um, we have need to watch and pray that we not enter into temptation. So, <clears throat> watching, praying, you know, we talked about that from the standpoint of being on guard, like a soldier who was on guard and watching over the encampment. Um, that was his task. If he slept, you know, then then the the whole camp was in danger uh, if an enemy were to come in. And we all need to be watching. We all need to be praying. We all need to be on guard. That's not just something for the, the, the pastor to do. That's not just something for you know, the deacons to do. That's not just something for the elders to do. That's something for all of us to do. 
um, any of us and all of us, every one of us. It is something for us to make sure that we are, are doing. We're to be watching. We're to be praying. We're to be seeking the Lord like Brother JT when he was praying for us a while ago was talking about if, if the Lord didn't keep us. If he doesn't keep us, we're not going to be kept. Um, so we need to be looking unto him again who is the author and the finisher um, of our faith. As I was contemplating these things and thinking about this idea of being asleep, we, we, have, we have some examples in Scripture you know, of people being asleep. Uh, one of the most profound in my mind, and you may have a different one, but one of the most profound in my mind would be when the Lord's in the garden and he's praying and he's in his great agony and he's, he's taken the disciples with him and he took the, those, those, those core, those three with him a little further and then he went a stone's throw, and he's, he's commanded them to watch and pray. And so as he's gone and comes back, <clears throat> we, we see in Matthew 26, if you want to turn there, Matthew 26 and verse number 40, when the Lord returns unto the disciples, he addresses them all, but he names one person in particular so Matthew 26 and verse number 40 says when he cometh unto his disciples or unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and notice he says unto Peter like I said he's not speaking solely to Peter but he does single Peter out and he says unto Peter what could you not watch with me one hour? Um, you know, we know the hour in which we live. You know, in, in comparison to the amount of time that's, trans, uh, that's passed, you know, um, then, you know, could this be, this is our hour for sure, um, but, you know, it, it might even be less than, you know, an, an hour if it were all divided up like that. But could you not watch with me one hour? Verse 41, he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, the Spirit indeed is willing. Where's that willingness come from? I mean, you got a willingness inside you. you got a willingness to serve the Lord. you got a willingness to pray. you got a willingness to, to study God's Word and, and, and to feed your inner man that he might grow in grace. Uh, you have a, a willingness to grow in grace. You have a willingness to serve the Lord in whatever capacity and whatever you do, that you do all the glory of God. Where does that willingness come from? It's been born from above. It's been born of God within us. Um, if, if that willingness, you know, people that don't have the willingness, they don't really understand the willingness. They don't care whether they have a willingness. But here we are. We do have a willingness. Uh, His commandments... Scripture says, are not, what? Grievous. They're not grievous to us. When, when we read up there, thou shalt not kill. <sighs> Can't kill. You know, I was hoping I'd be able to get to kill somebody today. You know, can't commit adultery. Oh, man. You know, that's, that's, that's what I was planning on doing. You know, you understand what I'm saying. Those aren't grievous to us. Lord, keep me. Uh, we saw David last week. It happened to him, didn't it? He committed adultery. He killed someone. <laughs> you know, he, he coveted. Uh, he bore false witness. You know, he did all these things that we, that we read about here, and we made it a point to say that it could happen to any one of us. It, it's, it's not that we are above and beyond such things. It's not that I've got such a happy marriage that that couldn't happen. What's going to keep me? I have a willingness to be kept. I have a willingness to be kept, but that's not what's keeping me, is it? I'm asking the Lord, keep me. I'm getting up daily and saying, Lord, keep me. I'm making covenant with my eyes because like I was apologizing to, you know, Cohen and Andrew and Anna and, and Lydia, more to the guys than to the girls, there's a lack of modesty in our day. And you've got to make a covenant with your eyes to turn away from beholding sin. Um, so... They, they're, they're not going to apologize for themselves, Cohen, but I'll apologize for them, you know. <clears throat> Sometimes we'll pull up in front of a convenience store, be on a trip or something, and there'll be a young woman, I'm not going to say lady, be a young woman there, and, and she's got some cut-off shorts that are really, really short, 
And, I, and I'll say, I'll look at Andrew and say, look at that poor girl. She lost the other part of her pants. <laughs> you know, she doesn't have any respect for herself. You have respect for her. You know, she doesn't have any respect for herself. You have respect for her. But we're told to watch and pray that we not enter into temptation. Watch and pray and ask the Lord to keep us from sin. To keep us from bringing, you know, any kind of discouragement against the things of God. Um, to cause anyone to say, oh yeah, you know, they're, they, they, they claim to be a Christian, but look at their lives. There's the biggest mess as mine's in. Um, there's nothing in that. Um, but here Peter is addressed directly. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. Just previous to this, what has Peter been told? What did Peter say? And what has Peter been told? What did, what did Peter, what was Peter told? Let's say that first. Hmm? Why? What's going to happen? Yeah, evil is at hand, but what kind of evil? Temptation is going to come. What kind of temptation? What did the Lord say specifically? What had the devil desired to do to Peter? Sift him as wheat. What did the Lord say that Peter was going to do? Going to deny him. How many times? Three times. So if anybody needs to be watching and praying that they not enter into temptation, it's Peter. You know, I, I think the Lord looked directly at Peter because you know He just told him the devil's desire to sift you as wheat. You're going to deny me three times. In the end, Peter. I mean, what kept? Think about this willingness. Think about this work of God within us. Um, what kept Peter from doing the thing that Judas did? You know, Judas went out and hung himself. He denied the Lord, um, but Peter denied him three times. And, and one of those times we see in the Gospels that he's in direct line of sight with the Lord. And the Lord looks at him. And what did Peter do? Anybody remember? Peter, he went out and wept bitterly. Yeah, very good, Cohen. He went out and wept bitterly. Yeah. Yeah, what kept him from, from doing that to himself? Committing suicide. And the Lord kept him. And he told him, you know, when you recover, what? When you recover from this, Peter, what was he to do? Anybody? He was to strengthen the brethren. Because they had all done it. They had all denied the Lord. They had all run off. You know, John followed along, but the rest of them, they, they ran. There's even one young man in, in the book of Mark who ran out of his clothes. They, they grabbed a hold of him. They grabbed his outer garment. You know, and he's like Joseph. He ran right out of his clothes. <clears throat> his outer garment anyway. But Peter is addressed directly. As if he's saying, Peter, you of all people, I've warned you. You of all people have a reason to watch and pray. Well, guess what? The Lord's warned all of us. Right? Uh, we, we just read here that we're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It's a danger. It's out there. We talked about sin. You know, it's like crouching at the door. We've got these two little kittens there at the house, and they're 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 twin boys. They crouch all the time, waiting for the other one to come by. You know, and then when that one comes by, pounce right on top of them. You know, sin wants to do that. Sin wants to pounce on you. Uh, Sin wants to rule over you, Uh, but. The scripture says sin shall no longer have dominion over you. You're to rule over it. You're to keep your body under subjection, under submission. You're to look to the Lord and ask him to keep you. You're to watch and pray and let you not enter into temptation. So who among us is willing to say that they couldn't? we, We said last week in David's set of circumstances, that could be us. Who's going to say that they couldn't do what Peter did? None of us. None of us are going to say that. That we could not find ourselves where the disciples were. I mean, the Lord said that the shepherd was going to be smitten, and what was going to happen? The sheep were going to be scattered. And they did. They scattered. 
And, and the Lord, even in the garden, you remember when the, all that mob comes for him, he says, whom do you seek? And they told him they were seeking him. And he says, well, you take me and you leave these others alone. You know, I mean, even there we see the protection, the provision, you know, of the Lord. Uh, did they have any reason to listen to what he had to say? Because then we said, who do you seek? <laughs> and they said, he said, I am. And they all fell backwards, right? Like dead men. And how, I mean, you, you think about, you know, sin and, and, and the delusion. I mean, for them to get back up and come again, that always surprises me when I read that. You know, those men were, what fell down like dead and they still got up and arrested him. Um, but we know that, that God was determined that, and Christ was determined and he'd set his face like a flint and he was going to go to the cross and he was going to die. It was his time. You know, he said so many times before, it's not my time. It's not my time. It's not my time. Now it was his time since we're talking about time, right? So Mark thirteen thirty five says, watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you Anybody? Sleeping. Sleeping. And what I say, he says here, I say to all, watch. Watch. Now, I've, I've been places before where Teresa's nudged me because I fell asleep. You know, and we might need to do that for one another. You know, we, we need to be watching, not just for ourselves. We need to be watching one another. Um, we need to be on guard. First Thessalonians five, uh, First Thessalonians five six says, "Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let us watch and be sober." Peter says in First Peter four seven, "The end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Watch unto prayer." I don't know if you've ever heard the name Andrew Bonar before. Is that a familiar name to anybody? You know that name. He said, he said this about prayer. He said, oh, that I had prayed a hundredfold more. You know, oh, that I had prayed a hundredfold more. Robert Murray McShane, that may be more familiar, familiar name to you, said this, I ought to spend the best hours of the day in communion with God. It is my noblest and most fruitful employment and is not to be thrust into any corner. How many mornings, and how can I say this except I have had the same experience myself, how many, time, how many times have we woke up and, and we've rushed through prayer because we had to get somewhere on a, at a certain time? Uh, we need a plan to pray. We need to wake up and make it a purpose of ours to pray. If we don't make it a purpose to pray then we're, and we don't plan for it, then we're probably not going to do it. And we certainly aren't going to do it in a manner in which we ought to. I mean, we all, we're, we're called to, to go into our closet, you know, and pray. Now, I, I told you about the, the, the woman who had so many children. It's not the one that lived in the shoe. But the woman had so many children, she didn't have a place to go and pray. And so she would throw her apron over her head while she sat in a chair. And the kids were all about her feet. And that was her closet. So closet doesn't have to literally be, you know, a closet. But it's a place that we go and pray. I, I, we, we, we're in a new place you know, now I have a new place to pray. And Delina's been over and she's seen where my study is and there's two chairs, you know, there. And there's a little pillow that sits in the chair because that floor is hard. And I'll put that pillow under my knees and I'll bow down there at that chair. That's where I'm normally praying, you know, it's there. So find a place to pray and make it a purpose to pray. Plan, plan to pray. Watch and pray that you not enter into, you know, temptation Moody Stewart said, pray till you pray. If you know anything about prayer, you understand that. Because sometimes we can just be praying. But we ought to pray until we pray. He says, pray till you are conscious of being heard. And I know I'm in the Lord's presence. And I, that I know that I'm communing with Him. Watch unto prayer. Yes. Yes, watch unto prayer. Yeah, absolutely. What does that mean to you, brother? Yes, yes. So here we pray. 
And we're, we're looking unto prayer, right? Ceasing, yeah. So every situation requires prayer. Every set of circumstances requires prayer. We're looking unto every one of these things in prayer. Uh, but in that prayer also, we're looking to the Lord to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Though we may not understand what that accomplishment and how it might come about, we're looking to the Lord saying, Lord, here's the situation. Sanctify it to this person's good. Lord, here's the situation. Use it to your glory. Use it for their good. Bring glory out of it. Help them to grow you know, through it. If, they're gonna, if we're going to go through something, you want to grow through it, don't you? You don't want to just, just go through something. You want to grow. You, know, you, you want to glorify God. And that's that willingness we were talking about that exists within the believer. We have a willingness to grow. We have a willingness to go through things if necessary. So if it's necessary for something to happen to me, in whatever way, in order that my children might be converted, <clears throat> if it's something that I've got to go through in order that the Lord may be glorified, um, then here we are willing. We're saying, here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am. I'm, 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 I'm a willing servant. Because why? How can I say that? I know the Lord's not going to hurt me. I know the Lord's not going to do anything in my life, you know, that is, that is going to harm me. Um, you know, may I go through the rest of life without a leg or an arm, you know, or an eye? something of that nature i don't know you know what it may look like um might i be swallowed up you know in, by a great fish you know and, and vomited out on the beach um you know what what might that look like i don't know but i know as we said before you know romans eight twenty eight says all things work together for the good of those who love god and are the called according to his purpose so do i have to be afraid of what the lord might do my mom prayed for all of us lord whatever it takes to save them, whatever it takes. Now that, you have to have some trust that the Lord's not going to do something that, 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 and do we have to worry about that? That he's, he's just, he's righteous. How could he ever do anything wrong? He's not able to do wrong. He can only ever do what is right. So we don't have to be afraid. We can pray, Lord, whatever it takes. Lord, whatever this situation requires, whatever it takes, would, would you work in this situation would you do something here? Now, be ready. Be watching unto prayer. Because the Lord hears our prayers. And He's going to answer. We, we understand He's going to answer in the way that it needs to be answered. You know, whenever, whenever I was, you know, or we had, you know, small kids. I've, I've used this illustration before. And they would see us. Maybe we were having a steak that night. And they would see us cutting you know, steak, and we've cut their steak up before and put it, they're sitting in the, in the, in the uh, hot chair, you know, and, and, and we've cut their steak up and put it there on their plate. And they want the knife. They want to cut the steak up for themselves. Well, knives, knives we've got now are a little sharper than the ones we had back then. But whenever they could first have a knife, we'd give them a butter knife, you know, that's all they got. But they weren't ready, you know, for the Lord knows what we need. But be ready for what the Lord may send. Because I think about Habakkuk, too. And I mentioned this last week, didn't I? You know, he, he, he sat there and waited to see what the Lord would do. And, and, and what the Lord did was not what he had imagined the Lord would do. The Lord sent in an invading army and took Israel captive because Habakkuk was over here praying, Lord, there's evil in the camp. Would you purge the evil from the camp? And he wasn't really anticipating what the Lord, you know, did or was going to do and what he did, but but the Lord did what was right. The Lord did what was best. And he'll only ever do what is right. And he'll only ever do what is best. So, <clears throat> here we have the disciples sleeping while the Lord's watching and praying. And that's comforting, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it's an accusation against us because we're asleep. But when we are faithless he remains what faithful uh, we're being kept by the power of god unto salvation right so how about when they were on the mount of transfiguration they fell asleep there too didn't they you know can we get sleepy can a christian get sleepy sure sure he can we do can we leave off doing those things that we know that we are to do can the weakness of the flesh prevent us yes Hence, we need to be watching and praying that we not fall prey to that temptation. We think about sleepiness, and and I know there's there's 
most all of you, you know, not everybody, but have said something to me along the way, you know, I'm sorry I fell asleep today because I can see all of you. You know, you really can't see everybody's eyes. I can see everybody's expression. I can see everybody's, you know, if they're they're awake or asleep. And people, I'm I'm sorry that I fell asleep. You know, you were talking about it this morning. Mom was feeling so bad last week. Um, You know, she probably needed to be home in bed, you know, but she was here. And, um, you know, she was, she said, I fell asleep, you know, and I've done it. When I was like a little kid, I'm sure she probably had to lift my head off the back of the pew because I was like this, you know, and because I was started to snore. Um, (laughs) That's one thing to fall asleep. It's another thing to start snoring during services. Um, But it's not really something, you know, that that physically that whenever you get tired like that. And I know there's I know there's things that, that we can do to to mitigate that. Right. I mean, we know today's the Lord's day. It's also a day after a day we've probably most of us had off. You know, so are we getting the rest that we need before, you know, we get here? Now, I know there's sometimes that there's things happen that we can't, you know, but we ought to be, if, if we're falling asleep during services, it might be because you stayed up half the night watching movies, you know, or playing a game or doing, you know, something else. I don't know. Um, you know, so we need to prepare. We, we, need to be, we need to be preparing in what way? Watching, praying, Lord. Tomorrow is your day, and we're going to be meeting together as your people. And, and I want to hear from you. Uh, I want to be able to listen. I want to be able to hear. And I want to be able to do whatever it is that, that, that is set before me in your word. Uh, so there's some preparation that, that, that can be accomplished, you know, in, in that regard. So, but even when we do get rest, sometimes, you know, we get sleepy. You know, what happens when you get sleepy? You become dull. You know, if we fall asleep, we're probably not hearing the things that are being said. Believe me, I've sat through training before, and I've gotten so sleepy. And Teresa wasn't there to nudge me, and other people didn't really care whether I fell asleep or not, that I was, you know, there with my coworkers. Except Mom, maybe. If she was there, she might have said, hey, you know, why don't you go get something to drink and wake up. <clears throat> this is stuff we've got to know if we're going to be able to, to do whatever it is for the insurance office that we're going to do. But I've sat in some of those meetings and I was like, this is just like the most boring thing that I've ever sat through in my entire life. You know, I know it's my livelihood, but it is just like, wow, you know, snore. Um, but we become dull. Did I, did, I, did, I, did I gain anything, you know, while I was sitting there nodding off the whole time? I was trying to stay awake, you know, I was, for no other reason, just to try to be polite to the speaker. Um, you know, but, but was I gaining anything, you know, by it? You know, likely not. I'm, I'm kind of dull. I'm, I'm heavy. I'm weary. Um, I'm in a state where my mind is becoming disengaged. Um, so, you know, when you think about that from a physical standpoint, you start to, you know, make some application of it in a spiritual sense. You know, we, we, we spoke about it from, from the, the, the standpoint of we, we, we get over here and we take our eyes off the Lord and we begin to look at the things of this world. <clears throat> I mean, that could be comparative to being in the state of sleep. You know, we're not watching and praying like we should because we're over here involved in something that's captivated us uh, when we ought to be, you know, looking to the Lord to keep us, you know, from these things. But, but um, it can affect our prayer. It can affect our Bible study. It can affect our, our witness. I mean, if we're not where we ought to be spiritually speaking, we might leave off witnessing to somebody in the office. We might leave off having that conversation because we haven't been praying, because we haven't been spending time with God and His Word. Um, it can affect these things. We can become dull. We can become listless, um, spiritually speaking, in our walk. Luke 21 says, Take heed to yourselves, Luke twenty-one thirty-four, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. I mean, there's different ways, right? There's different ways that you can be overcome. It's not just, you know, the, the, the temptation over here like David had. You know, uh, it could be a temptation to something else, but you can also be overwhelmed and overcome by much sorrow. I mean, people can be so overwhelmed. I mean, think about what the Scripture says to us, that we are not to sorrow as others, right? That have what? They don't have any hope. We don't sorrow like them. And when we're still going to sorrow... But, you know, so people can be so overwhelmed by sorrow that their bodies begin to shut down. You know, so we could find ourselves in a similar 
fashion, you know, like that physically and it, it, it certainly making, you know, having an effect upon us spiritually. But spiritually, we could be, you know, in, in that kind of situation too. But it says, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. I mean, the cares of this life, for one. I mean, we get so overwhelmed by the cares of this life. And so that, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the whole face of the earth. Watch you, therefore, and pray always. Brother J.T. said, pray without ceasing. You know, he says, pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we can become complacent, yes. And becoming complacent, we can lack compassion that we should show unto other people. Forgetting what we say last week, when you look at somebody, what do you see? Hmm? See a man, a woman, see, see color, you see a soul. That's what we're looking. We look at someone else, we see a soul. That's a soul that will spend eternity in heaven or hell. That's a soul. We forget, we can become so complacent that we forget the worth of of a soul. Now, physical sleep, sleep's not evil. Don't want you to get that sort of, you know, thought, right? Sleep isn't an evil thing. Sleep's necessary, isn't it? We need to be able to sleep and rest at night. And the Bible says that, the scripture says unto us in um, Ecclesiastes 5.12 that the, the sleep of the laboring man is what? It's sweet. It's sweet. But sleep's also condemned in scripture of the sluggard, like in Proverbs 6, 6, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. So when we think about this, it's high time for us to awake. And it's, 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 it's something that can happen, you know, unto us. Are we awake? I mean, we know what time it is. Are we awake? Isaiah 60, verse 1 says, arise. Arise. You know, wake up. And that's what you do in the morning, right? You rise up. The sun rose up. It's time for me to get up. Um, you know, Dad goes to bed with the sun. He a lot of times wakes up before the sun gets up, you know. But, but um, arise. Get up. Wake up. Shine. This is what we're supposed to do. Arise. Shine. Shine is what? Children of light. That's what we are. We're children of light. Shine. As it... Right. Right. I think about... Go ahead, brother. <clears throat> I think about Moses. He came down and his face, you know, was shining. Well, may others see the glory of Christ in us. Yeah. Couldn't look upon him. Ask him to veil it, you know, because <clears throat> of where they were. I think, um, you know, they, they didn't. It, it was something that, and, and we can have this effect upon people, can't we? I mean, if you're living a godly life. A holy life, you're living righteously before men and women, then people have that same kind of effect can happen. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's expressed in such simple terms sometimes where when they let a curse word fly and they'll say to you, Oh, I'm sorry. There's something they know about you, there's something they understand about you that it's not true about themselves. Now, there's one man that works for us that he's talked about how that his language is cleaned up a whole lot. Well, and I think I mentioned this to y'all once before, but it's one thing to restrain, you know, something. It's another thing for it to be removed. It's another thing for it to be taken out. To, it's not that we don't know those words. We know those words. Um, but when they come to mind, like, Lord, I don't want to even think that way, much less speak that way. You know, I don't want to let corrupt communication proceed forth out of my mouth. I, I want my lips to be seasoned with grace. Um, I want to shine, you know, before men. So arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And then you couple that with the verse from last week, right? Matthew five sixteen, Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're to shine. That's what we're called. To, we're, we're, we're children of light. We're called to shine. So what, what is this light? 
I mean, certainly there's, even your name comes up in conversation and there's, there's, there's something, your whole, your, your, your manner and the way that you live, you know, is, is that, that, that is associated and attached to your name. I mean, if I hear Donnie's name, there's things that come to mind that I know about Donnie. You know, if, if, if I hear Ryan's name or Rebecca's name, you know, there's who that person is. You know, it's associated and attached, you know, to that name. So, I mean, there's just, just the name itself has a witness. Just your name itself has a witness. Uh, don't invite him, you know. We're just all going to, you know, feel condemned, you know, <laughs> if, 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 if he's there, um, you know. But, but there's something associated, you know, with, with your name. But what, is the, it's, what are we to do? I mean, how is this, how is this light supposed to shine? What does it look like? You know, what, what's, what's the application of that? What does that look like in a person's life? Well, I think simply, and, and, and we read it there in Matthew five sixteen, but it's, it's going about and doing good wherever we can find to do it. Um, just this week, we had uh, uh, Ryan and Dad left the, the farm, and, and they got up to the gate, and Ryan calls me. He said, I came in behind them. He said, you closed the gate? And I said, no, nah, I didn't close the gate. And he said, well, it's closed. Well, that's strange. And um, then he saw, I guess it was a, I don't even know, are they, I guess they're donkeys? Or is it a mule? I'm not sure. I guess the donkey's got the long ears and the mule doesn't. I'm not sure. JT, you help me out here? How how do you tell the difference between a donkey and a mule? Size? Okay. I think one of them was a donkey and one of them was a mule then. Okay. I've never had either one of them, so I can't really speak about donkeys and mules, but Ryan saw them, and sure enough, I walk out to the driveway, and here they come, right down the driveway. I'm like, whose donkey and mule is this? You know? Yeah. His end is... <laughs> you know? Well, I opened one of the pasture... Yeah, I opened one of the pasture gates, and, and I just shoot them, you know, and they went in. I closed the gate. And I didn't know whose they were. You probably know. No, you don't know. Okay. I don't feel so bad now that I didn't know. But because <clears throat> they're Joanne's, but I didn't know, and so I called the sheriff's department. I said, "Hey, just want to let you guys know, in case anybody reported it, there's a donkey and a mule in the pasture at my house. You know, here's the address, here's my phone number. If you find anybody it belongs to, you know, give me a call, and they're welcome. You know, come and get them. But I'll try to keep them out there. As far as I know, the fence is all good. And, you know, we really don't know. We hadn't really walked all the fence, but um, put them out there. Well, a little bit later." Um, the sheriff's department called and they wanted a picture. I guess they were going to put them on Facebook or whatever. And so I walked out there trying to get a good picture of them. And as I'm walking out there, I'm hearing somebody calling, you know, and, uh, it was my cousin and she's, she's calling. I think that the donkey's name's Jack. I can't remember what the mule's name is, but anyway, she's calling after him. (laughs) And so I get down there and, um, they're like, well, you know, can can we can we leave them in the pasture? Our our fence must you know it's down. We need to get it fixed. I'm like sure, you know, not not a problem. Next day, uh, my aunt Joanne calls me and she says, "Well, we found where the fence is down. And it's a long stretch of fence, and it's not something I'm gonna be able to fix myself. I don't know how old is she now. Really, I thought maybe she's older than that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah." Okay, well, not something that she's probably going to be able to do, you know, herself. And that's what she was saying. I was like, well, you know, you're welcome to leave them in there. But this is exactly what I'm talking about, you know. So we go about and we do good, you know, whenever we can. Because the rest of that story is this. Our fence apparently does have a hole in it because I got a call from the sheriff's department and they were out on the farm road. And I'm like, well, they're not really mine. I said, but... But uh, I'm glad you let me know. And so Teresa and I and Andrew and uh, Lydia all jumped in the truck. We get down to the farm road, and it, it provided me a chance to, to meet the guy at the corner. You know, I didn't even, hadn't even met him yet. Uh, but he was down the road trying to get him to come back, you know, to, to the dirt road. And so we went down, and, and uh, you know, we, I talked to him and said, you know, what can I do? And he said, well, I'm going to try to get him in my pasture. Well, I've seen his fence. It looks pretty good, so I think those, he's got horses in there. <laughs> um, I said, where's your gate? And he told me, so I went and parked my truck, you know, there where hopefully they wouldn't go past it you know, there on the road. And I had Teresa stand out there in the gap between there and, and the gate. And, um, you know, we eventually got him, you know, in there.
But, you know, here's, here's just this one simple little instance where who knows what, what the Lord might do. Now, we can talk about it in terms of what door the Lord might open for us to be able to provide a witness or testimony. Well, just by fact of us trying to do what is good and what is right um, and trying to love our neighbor, that is a testimony in and of itself. Um, so, you know, this is what, you know, letting our light, you know, can look like, or light shine can look like. It's just the simple things in doing, you know, what doing unto others, right, as we would have them to do unto us. I mean, if that was my horse or that was my mule or that was my donkey, I mean, when you get down there where they were, they were on the other side of the hill, you know, from here to to the road that I live on, you know, you go uphill and you better slow down before you make a left-hand turn because there could be, and when I was in high school, I had a sports car, and if I didn't stop, I was low enough to the ground. There were times that if I hadn't stopped, the next thing that came over the hill right before I was about to turn was a log truck, you know, and I couldn't see it. You know, until I got up there to the top of it and looked. And there they were on the other side of that hill. You know, and any car could have come over, you know, and hit, hit one of them and, and, and done who knows what kind of damage. You know, there were people out there trying to, trying to hurt them that were outside of vehicles, that were vehicles with flashers going, you know. Uh, there would have been the people in the car that, that, you know, ran into the mule or the donkey. So, you know, we were concerned that would happen. But my point is, it can come in so many ways. If we just seek to go about doing what we know the Lord's called us to do, it may not be that we actually speak unto the person about the Lord. You know, maybe they've had an evil report of us. You know, I don't know. Maybe they've been told that we're the worst sort of people. Well, let's prove them wrong. You know, Let, let's show them the love of Christ. Um, but... Letting our light shine before men, they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Maybe our, our face, you know, will beam forth like Moses. You know, maybe they'll see something of Christ, you know, in us. First Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Because it may be one of those situations where we do something and they say, What kind of person are you that you would do that? that you would do this for me. You know what I have felt towards you. You know what I've said about you. That it could be one of those circumstances. But if we're sleepy, if our thoughts, our focus, our attention, our affections are upon the things of this world, we might just say, they ain't my donkeys. They ain't my mule. What do I care? What happens? We may not be ready if we're spiritually drowsy. If our lives don't look any different than the world's, and here they are resting in themselves, why would they want Christ if, I, if we look like them? Well, we need to wake up because we know the time and we understand that their want of righteousness, here they're depending upon their own works, but their want of righteousness is going to overtake them, as the Scripture says, like an armed man. You know, that's what Proverbs talks about when it talks about the, 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 a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. You know, so their want is going to overtake them as an armed man. You know, you've all seen the movies where somebody comes up behind somebody else and they've got a gun maybe in their pocket, you know, and they put it in the guy's back. No warning. And their want overtake them like an armed man. So this is a passage with perspective. Wake up. A passage with perspective. Watch and pray that you not enter into temptation. A recipe. I mean, how about living without regret? You know, doing all that we can every day to the glory of God, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do. How about living without regret? How about getting to the end of our days and lying on our deathbed and being able to say, Lord, I did what I could. You know, I did what I could. I thank you for helping me do what I could do. You know. How about walking in the Spirit, like we said before, that we not fulfill the lust of the flesh? How about redeeming the time because the days are evil? How about making a good exchange for the time we've been given? How about using it wisely? How about not being able to come to the end of the day and say, I've left undone those things which I should have done, and I've not done those things which I ought to have done? 
about maximizing our moments, how about praying for wisdom that we might be like the children of Issachar. You remember in First Chronicles twelve thirty two it says they were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. How about being like that? As the day draws nigh, that we're drawing nigh to the Lord, nearer and nearer. Um, so how are we spending our time? Like I said this morning, I mean, we get up in the morning, it's, there's nothing wrong with organizing our day and planning out our day. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, realizing that it's the Lord's day, that, that my, my time is His, that my body, you know, is His, that I belong to Him. I've been bought with a price. I belong unto Him, and my days belong unto Him, and my time belongs unto Him, and everything that I own belongs unto Him. And looking unto Him and asking Him, Lord, here it is. Do with it as you please. This is what I've got you know, set before me that I need to do today. But, Lord, it's your day. Uh, I am yours. I am your servant. You do with me and do with my day and do with my time what you will. Lord, order this day so that I can get to the end of it and say, it's been a good day. It's been a good day. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've been able to do good. You know, I, I've been able to let my light shine. And, 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 and men have been able to see it. And, and, and glorify my Father which is in heaven. So, you know, order my day so that that might be the case, that I come to the end of this day and come to the end of every day and the end of my days, you know, in, in their completeness and say, thank you, Lord, for ordering my days. Um, and not living in this, you know, frazzled state of anxiety and, and, and worry, you know, about everything, uh, but rather looking to the Lord, seeking first his kingdom, Seeking first his righteousness and knowing that all those other things he's going to add, you know, to. So, as men, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, yes. And do we rejoice in every day? We don't rejoice in every day. <laughs> There's lots of days we've grumbled and complained. You can ask Teresa, she's listened to me. Lots of days, rejo- not rejoice, instead complain and grumble. Um, even Sister Delina is as is, is, is joyful as she is most of the time. I'm sure she, you know, has time, her times where she grumbles. Um, but how are we spending our time? I mean, think about Joseph. I mean, think, think about his days being ordered by the Lord. I mean, he sold into captivity. But in the end, what the Lord did in that whole set of circumstances, um, you know, where he, he, he comes before his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Um, Second Peter one three or one thirteen rather, yeah, yeah, I think Peter says it meet or just or right as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. This is what Paul's seeking to do here: stir us up. Um, and then he gets into Second Peter uh, three verse one. He says, "This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance." Um, so we need to wake up. You know, wake up to the reality that <laughs> what we're talking about here, that this is, this is all the Lord's. And, and we don't need to be seeking this or that. We need to be seeking Him, um, looking unto Him, who's the author and finisher of our faith. First John 2.18 says, Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are, are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Uh, we know the time. We know the time in which we live. You think about how time alters our, our actions. You know, we, we look at the clock. Oh, I'm going to be late. I got to go. I got a doctor's appointment. Or I got to be at work. Or I got to be here. I got to be there. You know, knowing the time alters our actions. You know, well, here, that same thing can be applied spiritually, can it? We know the time. Let it alter, you know, our actions. Um, there's people out there that, that have want and need of the gospel. They don't know they need it. They need to repent. They don't realize it. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you know. And it may be people in our own, our own households, maybe people that live in our communities, maybe people that we work with. Um, but there's there's people all around us that we need to be shining. Arise, shine, you know. We need to shine in their midst. So, Lord, help us to be careful not to waste time, to realize that it's something that's owed unto Him, that we spend it wisely, that we'd have wisdom to be able to spend it wisely. That we have grace to use it as we ought to use it. Wisdom to rest in the Lord and in those things that we do and wait patiently upon Him that we take time 
When you think about time, take time. That, that little thing I sent out to some of you this morning, be still and know that I'm God. You know, be still and know, you know that I, I am, I'm God. You know, I'm going to be exalted. You know, he's going to be exalted in the earth. So take time. Think about the hymn that we sing. Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Spend much time in secret. So be patient. Be patient. We have need to be patient. Be still, be patient. Yeah, be patient. Um, don't, we could be too busy, couldn't we? Too busy to pray. Too busy to meditate upon God's Word. Too busy. If you're too busy to do those things, you're too busy. You're too busy. We need to seek to squeeze every moment of spiritual productivity that we can because out, out of every hour, because that's how important it is. There are souls you know, out there. You think about the way the world looks at that? Squeeze every moment of productivity out because time is money. Well, ours isn't about the money thing. Ours is about souls. Ours is about salvation. If we're too busy, we'll even miss the precious moments of communion. Communion with God. We're too busy for what comes next, right? The Lord set something on our, our doorstep. I don't have time for that. You better have time for that. You know, we need to realize whose time, who the time belongs to. I mean, how many times have we said something like that? I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Now, I know there's some wisdom in whatever that may be, but if the Lord may have brought something along that this is the thing that he's given you to do right now, you better, better take time, you know, for it. Because we're not our own. Like we said, we're, we're bought with a price. That passage says, therefore, what? Glorify God in your body, which is, it belongs to him. Glorify God in your body. That we might be able to run the race with diligence, that we might lay aside every sin that so easily besets us so that we can arise and shine. So, Lord, help us, you know, to, to do that. So, let's stand. Do you awake? <laughs> let's stand. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, help us to wake up, to be awake, stay awake. Um, in the spiritual sense that we need to be awake. It's high time. Salvation's nearer than when we first believed. Um, so that's the thought for us this morning. Lord, help us to make application of it, you know, in our daily lives, that we not just be hearers of the word, but that we be doers, you know, also. So as we take time to pray, Lord, help me to be awake. Help me to redeem the time. Um, help me not to waste and squander time. Now, I'm not saying that, that um, you know, you don't need to take time to rest. You know, you do. You do. I know there's some people that says, you know, they say, well, so about them, people would say, well, you're burning the candle at both ends. You know, you're going to kill yourself. And they'll say, well, I'm, I'll rest when I'm dead. You, know, you better take care of your body. Uh, if not, you're going to pay for it, you know. I know John Piper, when he would have some of those conferences that they would have, and, and, and he would always give like a biographical sketch on some saint in history, and he would stay up hours on end. He would talk about it, stay up hours on end, and he says, I know it's coming. I'm going to pay for this. You know, I've, I've, I've stayed up and, 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 you know, to the wee hours of the morning and not gotten much rest. And after the conference, he, he had to pay for it. You know, he was wiped out. Um, and sometimes a situation may require that. You know, but Lord, give us wisdom to know um, you know, to rest, give us wisdom to know when to, to arise and, and, and to shine and when to rest, but always to rest in him, um, you know, whichever the case may be. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I know this is one of those messages where, you know, we all start feeling bad about <laughs> the way that we spend our time. Well, that's good, you know, that we feel bad. Um, I would worry about you if you didn't, you know, that you're unconcerned, that, that, that you may not be spending your time wisely. Um, you know, so that's a good thing. It's a good thing to examine ourselves. Um, you know, take, Spurgeon said, take one look at yourself, 
You know, self-examination. Take one look at yourself and what? Anybody ever heard that before? Take a thousand looks to Christ. Um, that's what we need. Take one look at yourself because you keep looking at yourself. That's, that's you're just going to be beat down, beat down, beat down. You know, look at yourself. See those things that are in need of being, you know, amended. And then look to the Lord. Um, look at yourself and see those things that, that you've fallen short and look to the Lord knowing that he's your sufficiency and he, he, he's, he's able to take even, you know, those bumblings of ours, you know, um, and, and do things with them, you know, so, so to his glory. So, um, you know, I, I, I oftentimes think about the woman with the alabaster box of spiker. And I, I know I mentioned it. Um, I don't know how often I mention it, but I mentioned it probably among my family more than, than I do even with y'all. But, but um, I think about her. And I know I mentioned this not too long ago because my mother-in-law, Cheryl, said to me when she retired, now what am I going to do? And so I brought that up. And, and you remember what the woman did. I mean, she took and she, she broke that, that box of spikenard and, and, and the aroma filled, you know, the, the whole room. But when the disciples began to complain about what they considered to be a waste, what did the Lord say? Let her alone. She did what she could. And that's the way that we ought to be living our lives, doing what we can. Do what you can. And wouldn't it be something to hear the Lord say, let him alone, he's doing what he can. You know, that, that'd be a testimony, wouldn't it? I mean, that said about her, that what she did would be a testimony throughout the generations. We still talk about what she did. Um, I mean, I, the disciples probably never thought that would happen. You know, that would be something to be mentioned again and again and again and again throughout the ages. Uh, but here we are. You know, we're still talking about she did what she could. That's what we need to be doing. Lord, help us to do what we can every day, every day. Make the most, you know, of, of all those moments. You think about our kids, you know, it's not going to be long, Delina. You know, he's, he's already, he's already taken, fixed up, taken some college courses, and he's already, he knows what he wants to do. You know, I'm sure he's been praying about that, and he's, it won't be long. He'd probably be in some dormitory or apartment or something somewhere and he won't be right there underfoot you know anymore and you'll wonder you know how he's doing you know in some respects though i'm sure you'll call him every day you know um but you know they're not with us long is my point they're not with us long um and so we 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 need to maximize that time bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the lord you know, maximize the love your, your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. How about all of us? We're to love one another as Christ loved the church. You know, so maximize all those moments, you know, that we can be whatever help we can uh, to whoever we can, that we might glorify God all that we can. Let's pray.